Hello and welcome to the eFrame Introducing Podcast. Join us as we discuss all things framing, as we catch up with a number of notable individuals from the world of business, art and photography. We will discover what motivates these individuals and fuels their passion with regards to both their personal and professional life. So, so we're in your studio today, there's a, a lot of background noise, so I do apologise if any of that comes across, but it's a very busy uh, creative environment we're at, and there uh, seems to be a lot going on. What, uh, what's the kind of big push at the minute? So, yeah. oh, well, we're here in Wimbledon, um, where we make some of our products, and we deal with all our um, operations and customer care. Um, so yeah, on a day-to-day basis, we're dispatching orders, speaking to customers, the phone's going, the printer's running. Um, and we're making sure that everything gets out on time. Amazing. Uh, so, yeah, firstly, uh, why maps? What gave you the, the inspiration first to create a bespoke gifting company? And uh, when did the idea for the business truly blossom? So over the last 10 years, I've created loads, I've collected, sorry, loads of different um, types of maps of places that I've been or places that I've lived or countries that I've visited. Yeah. So I just had a, a big drawer full of maps and... Um, I had a full-time job, nine to five, uh, working for an events company, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't using any of my creativity, so I used to get home at five o'clock and start kind of using my hands and creating these artworks using old maps. I put together a number of artworks, which I then sold in a local fair and uh, started making money and realised that people wanted to buy these pictures and realised it could actually be a business. Mm-hmm. Do you know where the maps came from? Like, did you just one day go in a drawer and find like a bunch of random maps and think, oh, I forgot about them, or were they from like a family member? So the maps that I collected, some of them were of places I visited, but then also some of them were wrapping paper that I collected um, at Paper Chase and Liberty of London, and they were just really beautiful old maps that had been re- reproduced onto these sheets of paper. Um, so they're very easy to cut up into different shapes. And then I started sort of linking up the shapes that I was cutting out the, using the map with hobbies, activities or shapes that people actually could relate to. So uh, there's a lot of deer that, uh, that hang out around home and um, where my mum lives. So I would start cutting out the shapes of a stag's head using a map of home That's and cool. linking up that interest um, actually really had that sentimental value when it was then given as a gift yeah and how what was the reaction when you did give that gift uh she loved it she loved it it's still on the wall today oh brilliant <laughs> yeah that's that might be worth a bit more now you know first ever one Could yeah be, uh... yeah so we've actually got a collection of images we were looking at the other day um that we've kept of sort of a very very simple sailing boat mm-hmm. over a map of the isle of Wight, which actually is still one of our best sellers today yeah albeit we've developed the design so it's much smarter. you're saying you've probably honed your technique a little bit over yeah. the last six years or so yeah um Cool. So I guess like for any new business, whether it was part time to begin with or, and before you went full time, like, h- how did you get your name out there? I mean, did you have to learn and improve your craft or how did you you know, get to where you are today? So whilst having that full time job, I lived with um, two friends of mine and one of them arranged uh, this fair in central London called Spirit of Summer. And um, last minute, someone dropped out and she knew that I'd created this small collection of prints. And she said that I'd be doing her a huge favour if I took this stand for this four day fair. And I was utterly terrified. I didn't really know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how it would look. (laughs) But I said (laughs) yes, because um, it's just when you're starting up in business, you never say no to anything, any opportunity. 
so I worked 24 hours a day, got very little sleep, um, made a sort of slightly bigger collection that would work well for that location and people in central London, because uh, a lot of my maps actually had been outside London, um, and set up on the day and yeah, sold out, took loads of orders and actually got spotted by Not On The High Street that we sell with now today. So That's brilliant. Lesson learned to say yes to everything, even though you don't have a clue how you're going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of that way, isn't it? Like you have to take them chances when they come along. You can't pick and choose that, oh, today I'll be motivated and go out and get my opportunity. It's, it's a cool story of always, yeah. uh, like you say, saying yes to any opportunity that might come along. Um, so you're obviously full-time now. How long have you been full-time? So I worked with a job part-time in the business for two years, and then one of my prints got spotted by IKEA, and they decided to produce um, a range of posters, and so I got royalties from that. So for me, um, when I was able to quit my job was when I got my first royalty check from that, which meant I could pay my rent yes. and, <laughs> and kind of be comfortable for a couple of months. Even mm-hmm. if I didn't sell anything through Atlas and I, I still had this kind of backup through IKEA. Um, so that was really good, and that enabled me to quit. And now I've been full-time for four and a half years. Fantastic. I bet it's flown by, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. where it's gone. And uh, how, how does it feel to be uh, like in that you know, big bad world of business. I mean, starting up must be scary. You had your IKEA money coming in, but was there that fear that what happens if you know, uh, you know, when these royalties kind of slow down, what will happen next? I think um, the one thing that really surprised me was actually when I was able to dedicate a lot more time to the business. Is that really naturally it just grew? Um, so the I I thought that fairs actually were a really good way of getting out to new customers so I signed up to quite a few fairs mm-hmm. um, and um, had that money saved up um, so so could pay for the stand and by doing that and then spreading the word and giving out a lot of business cards it just kind of grew really organically um, one thing I would say is is that yes say yes to everything you know mm-hmm. if you if you don't even know where it's going to lead you that's kind of scary, but that's also really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely had quite a lot of amazing opportunities where if I hadn't said yes, then I wouldn't be here where I am today. It's amazing. And, and these fairs do sound uh, quite interesting. I guess you get to meet your average consumers. And, uh, you know, did you do consumer and trade fairs or was it mainly consumer-based fairs? What was the whole so bit because, like? Yeah, well, because of the personalised aspect um, of the business and everything is made to order is that we haven't quite cracked the wholesale and trade side of things mm-hmm. yet. Um, when people see these vintage maps, they really, really want it to be so specific to where they live. Um, so it's definitely at the moment we mainly sell to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And that's also so valuable because you get to speak to them. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have half the products we did today if I hadn't met the customers and asked them what they wanted to buy. And we do a lot of online feedback as well. So if someone's received their order, they then get an email and say, you know, would you want anything else within our range that we don't offer? So um, our trays, for instance, are one of those products that has developed through custom feedback and just asking loads of questions is someone goes, well, you know, I, I really want a nice drinks tray. Is that something you could offer? So we'll start to look into how that's made and how we can make that one at a time. That's mm-hmm. definitely one of the hurdles which we've found quite tricky is finding products that we can manufacture one at a time because a lot of people who manufacture cushions, for instance, they need a minimum order of 200, whereas <laughs> our customers don't want 200 maps printed over their postcode. Um, so that that's one of the, the things that we've had to overcome. And we make a couple of things in-house because that's the only way which we can provide that one-off product. 
that's great though going above and beyond uh, it just shows that kind of personal touch and I think that comes across as well on like social media. You have healthy following on social media. There's people engaged with the brand. It's obviously when, when you buy something from Atlas and I, it's special and you want to kind of keep following up and probably, I imagine a lot of orders are kind of people have already bought from you and thought, oh, it just went down so well before. I want to, you know, do it for this person this time. Yeah, we do a lot. We have a lot of repeat customers. I think that feeling and that when we create something specifically for someone and it's something you can't find anywhere else, especially on the high street, is that they think they've really got onto something great. Um, and occasionally, you know, we'll do four or five orders for a customer a year because they might meet us at a fair, they might see the whole range that we do, whether it's safari, cycling, sailing, running, and then they'll literally look at our wall and say, right, well, that's perfect for my brother, yeah. that's perfect for my husband, that's for that's perfect for my sister. And they'll literally tick off their gift list with us and then they'll just keep coming back to us because we provide that real customer service and that personalised product. Yeah, and I do think that shines through, especially, like you said earlier, people doing that kind of one-off order as well. A lot of companies would probably say, uh, no, we can't actually do that. But it's great that, you know, if you pick up the phone, you know, you can get something really bespoke done for yourself, which is awesome. Um, uh, next uh, kind of question I would have is, you know, I can see from your studio here, you're doing very, very well. The business has obviously grown massively over the last six years. Um, what are the kind of main challenges when you're upscaling the business? Um, kind of, I guess, supply and demand might be an issue. Um, but you know, if I want to hear from you what the biggest kind of challenges were. I think definitely scaling a personalised business. Um, it's not the case of being able to order 200 products at once um, and then just sell a static product online. Um, it's creating every each and every gift one at a time. Um, and it being a gift, also it fluctuates throughout the year. So we're quite quiet in some quarters. And then come to Christmas, when we probably scale up about 10 times um, the number of orders we get for the rest of the year, is then how to manage that and how to grow the team around mm -hmm. those busy times. Um, that's definitely um, one thing we've had to overcome. I think also um, launching the new website has made a huge difference to the business. So now you can go online and you can view all of our map archives online. So before Simple. we would have to have, <laughs> thank you, we would have to have every customer email us, ask to see a preview of their map. And then we'd have to send them maybe three different options. Yeah. Then they would choose one option. Then they would have to see what that looked like before they bought. And that took a lot of time. So mm -hmm. we probably had three or four emails before a customer had even ordered a product with us. Um, and then there's always that chance that they might decide not to. Yeah. Although our, sort of, our conversion rate was very high because obviously that, that level of customer service we were offering by the end of it they were like well we've got to buy this because this is fantastic yeah. and they've really built this for us they've gone through the effort i guess to yeah, talk we really to them through. Yeah. yeah and now with the website um going live and then being able to see all their maps is sometimes i'll still choose to ring up and that's absolutely fine mm -hmm. as well but it gives them that flexibility to be able to do it whatever time of the day sadly we we're only open nine till five thirty. <laughs> so if they want to do it in the evening then they can see all the the different maps that we have at their leisure and that's definitely made a huge, huge difference. And we saw that, especially on Black Friday last year, mm -hmm. where we took a quantity of orders we never would have been able to take without this automation wow, on the website. Yeah, I can imagine Black Friday, yeah. huge business, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so are there any big challenges in the present day? If we're, you know, you've spoken about this problem of upscaling your business. Um, is there any issues now? Uh, 
I think that when you run a, a small business, you know, one thing you need to be is resilient. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you take every speed bump very personally, then I don't think you'd get very far. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you'll you'll always have um, people, third parties you need to rely on that just sometimes will end up letting you down. Mm -hmm. As a small business, you literally cannot do absolutely everything so it might be the case that you know you've sent somebody via raw mail and that actually it, it's got lost in the post and we've done absolutely everything we can to get it to that customer on time and the the weakest link has been this third party yeah. provider um which is why we were so when we find a really valuable um partner to work with like eBrain, um that it's, it's so valuable to us because it means that our brand and our business isn't sacrificed mm -hmm. through expanding and trying to grow because that's yeah it's definitely one of the hardest things is trying to grow relying on other people and hoping that they don't let you down <laughs> well i'm glad it's going well with us so far it's good to know um just going to go a bit away from the, the kind of corporate side of stuff now and just say um what's the radio station that's normally on in here i heard guns and roses as i came in and a bit of bon bon jovi yeah. um so we, I love Chris Evans, and yeah. when he moved, so it was Radio Two, and then he moved over to Virgin, and I absolutely love Virgin now. And uh, yeah, Virgin's our favourite here. It's good to know. Yeah, I, I tend to go on Spotify to be honest, and uh, I say Guns and Roses. I'm a pretty big fan. <laughs> Saw the reunion tour. I was very happy with that. Something a bit different. <laughs> um, kind of, uh, and keeping away from more more business. Did you have any like heroes growing up? They can be fictional or real, like real life. Uh, yeah. I've always been um, so creative, always made stuff and, and always been fascinated by artists and designers. Um, one of my main heroes is Thomas Heatherwick, um, who is a product designer. Um, you'll probably remember him for such things as the Olympic torch oh, um, cool. in the 2012 Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you now. <laughs> so he just kind of thinks outside the box. And for me, one of the most valuable things, and I love the saying, just because it is, doesn't mean it has to be. Mm -hmm is that people are challenging the norm and they're kind of disrupting an industry or changing something. So people think, oh, personalization, oh, that's just initials on a book. And it's like, well, no, actually, because you can make the book from mm -hmm. scratch, yeah. printed with a cover that you choose of a map of your choice. And people go, oh, hang on, that's something that's never been offered before. And you're like, well, that's that's why mm -hmm. it's great. Um, is So for us, it's about disrupting the, the personalized gift industry and so people like Thomas Hedwig who look at something like a torch and actually create this thing that comes up and yeah. it's sort of like this, oh, it's like a kind of carousel that joined up to make this torch. And he looks at things like he makes bridges and the bridge obviously isn't flat, it curves into this sort of armadillo type shape. And he just looks at something and says, well, that's very boring. I'm going to actually make it look make totally different. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, but so functional. Like, I think mm -hmm. that um, the fascination with him is that he makes these beautiful things that are so, so functional and the thought behind it is just so complex that actually when you look at it, it's so simple. And that's, that's what I love. It's kind of brilliance in, in simplicity, isn't yeah. it, I guess, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I guess, because uh, from talking to you, I can tell you're very busy, um, but just want to know what you do away from Atlas and I. Are there any inspirations away from the business, or is it really this all-encompassing uh, part of your life where even when you go home I can imagine you're still looking at your emails and you're still looking at calls and um, do you ever get time to just you know switch off and it's, when you say sort of personal life and business life I think that they're so intertwined within each other um one thing that's great about having a business is being able to be flexible so mm -hmm. sometimes I might be at my desk 
in the studio by 7.30 in the morning. But, you know, that day I really fancy doing a bike ride or uh, going for a run. So I might then leave at three. Um, so having that flexibility is amazing. And actually that sort of then intertwines quite a lot with your personal life. Um, for me, my kind of switch off time is exercise. Um, love a bit of cycling. So yeah, for me, it's being outside. And that's how I kind of switch off. So like if I'm cycling or running or, um, yeah. or biking, then yeah, that's my downtime i guess subconsciously what you're doing you're probably finding inspiration for the business as well so you probably never never switched off really it's always uh, ticking over but i think that's uh that's what's also really important is you can sit at your desk nine to five or eight till seven which normally Mm -hmm. (laughs) but actually inspiration mostly comes at the times where you're not doing that and um and you think of a really good idea so the other day, um, a friend of mine actually just put up on social media, um, does anyone want to come and speak at my school? Because we're doing creative week. Um, and we just want to show the kids that there are so many different types of careers out there. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, well, that'd be something really fun. Like, do that outside the box and just get me into a school. And, and um, so anyway, I, gave to, I went to give a talk um, three days ago and just yep. loved it. And it's so rewarding. The kids are so engaged. What age group are we talking here? So the first one, first assembly was five to eight. Yeah, and nice, the good age. was eight to 11. And they were just so receptive. And as yeah. soon as I held up my phone with a map on the back, they were like, wow. It's great. And it was so rewarding. And I just, and loads of them came up to me afterwards being like, can I come work for you? <laughs> and it was so yeah. lovely. And actually that kind of gave me the idea that, yeah, maybe we should do more work experience and actually get some people down here. Probably a little bit older than eight. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's illegal. <laughs> I think it's 16 kind of plus. A-level, yeah, so we're looking at kind of doing a sort of inspiring the next generation because a yeah. lot of our customers um, will actually have children that are yeah. at that age or, or friends and family or whatever. And, as a supporter of our brand, or actually think, God, you know what? My son or daughter would love to see how a small business runs. Yeah. So they could come absolutely. in for a week. They can help us do some packing. They could help a bit with marketing and online. Um, and I just it kind of gave me that idea. And had I been sitting at my desk, you know, doing normal emails that yeah. morning, I would have never had that idea. So I think that getting away from it, and yes, sometimes I get inspired on my bike. Um, but a lot of the time, it's when you go to central London. Yeah. You see all these different types of brands that are doing stuff. I saw an advert on the tube the other day for Riverford, um, the food boxes, mm-hmm. and yeah. how they're using less plastic. And that's something that we actually find really important. Um, yeah, very important. As a brand. Yeah. yeah, and we really try and reduce our plastic and try and be good with our recycling. And so I took a picture of um, of the tube advert and I um, put it on social media and I tagged them in it. And, and we're actually now talking about a potential collaboration. Amazing. And just think that, that that would have never happened again sitting at my desk. Yeah. And so getting out there is, is really important for that kind of new ideas and just have fresh outlook on business. That's really cool. And I, I love that, you know, the idea you went to an assembly and inspired like a <laughs> whole new future generation of kids. And Yeah, we'll line them up for work experience in a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> Were you nervous at all? Uh, I think I'd be nervous speaking in an assembly to bunch of kids i'd be like they're judging me they, they are judging me right now <laughs> no i um i was driving there actually um and just a little bit apprehensive because i just didn't know what it was gonna be like yeah. but um a couple of kids came in before i was kind of when i was setting up and they were just so chatty and i was scared that no one would have any questions and i said any questions and the whole pretty much the whole room put their hand up Brilliant. i don't know to yeah. choose <laughs> and amazing questions going oh have you ever thought about doing this and this have you ever thought about doing this I'm thinking, God, they're giving me all these new ideas. Yeah. I should do this once a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like a B2B uh, kind of get together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, 
So yeah, I guess, how does a typical day in the office go for you? You've mentioned you cycle to work. Uh, so what happens? You know, you arrive at work. Uh, what's the next kind of part of the day? So um, actually, if we rewind to that, so my, um, it's not really even a guilty pleasure. It's probably quite sad that it's a pleasure. <laughs> but um, wake up, make a cup of tea and look at my emails in bed. Um, it sort of just eases me into the day. And by the time I get down to the studio, I know exactly like what I need to do that day. Um, so I'll probably do that for about 40 minutes um, and then um, head down here um, with sort of like fresh fresh faced, maybe get a coffee on the way sometimes, yeah. I treat myself. Um, and then um, Ella comes in at nine and we'll kind of chat about what we're going to do that day, what orders are due to go out. You can see our sort of order processing um, yeah, see that. <laughs> trays here. So we'll see like what's due to go out, you know, if there's anything that needs to go to different manufacturers. Um, and then we have a lot of customer inquiries. Um, so Ella, uh, Ella deals with all our, our um, customer happiness channels um so it might be inquiring about a product or a mm -hmm. different map or it might be um a customer wanting to um to place an order or come in and see us so we occasionally get some people coming in um and then it would just be sort of processing orders i'm mainly involved in the kind of marketing yeah side of things so thinking of new collaborations that we can do with different brands um we do a little bit of online kind of paid social um campaigns so i'll kind of plan that and then you always got to look a couple of months in advance. So at the moment, we're kind of looking at Father's Day, yep. um, yeah. which is kind of weeks away. But we sort of need to plan if we're going to do a collaboration with a different brand, um, what we're going to offer, um, what products we're going to put forwards for campaigns. So we do a lot of um, our customers are actually buying for men. So it's women buying for men. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say probably that's about 90% wow. of our customers. Um, the other kind of 10% is weddings. And yep. um, so... Father's Day is obviously quite a big one for us. So we're concentrating on like the memories about your dad, yeah. um, you know, what location he loves, what sport or activity he loves, mm -hmm. and then putting that, marrying that with a product um, and then just giving people ideas. It might not be that they buy for Father's Day. It might then be that they buy for their dad's birthday um, cause, because it's a personalised product. You know, our price point isn't something you can just sort of, you know, pay a tenner for. It really does yeah. have a lot of thought that goes into it. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of maybe um, like group presents. So uh, siblings might buy together, or a couple might club together um, and get a present for um, for their dad and father-in-law. Um, so yeah, we kind of always plan ahead a couple of weeks. Now that's mental. I'm still uh, trying to get ready for Mother's Day. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. We do we do a little bit around. Um, oh, that's the answer going off. No, I, I'm just going to check my okay. sound guy if it's all right. Yeah. You still got it nice and clear. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Mother's Day is in a, a few weeks' time. Um, we've got a couple of really cute new print that's actually just been made of um, like a mother duck and a duckling. Oh, lovely. Um, and we've also got a little penguin one in there. So that's definitely something we push for Mother's Day. Well, I still need to sort of give for my mum, so maybe I'll pop you an email <laughs> after, you after yeah, this. Yeah, make it all to order. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, I just want to know how does E-Frame fit into your business model? Because to uh, the average Joe looking, looking outside, it's... Like, okay, I mean, you're doing everything here. So what, what does E-Frame do? Mm. How come we're here today? What's, what's the relationship between us? Yeah, I think we're a, a, obviously a personalised um, gift brand and we've got over 85 different products. So trying to do all 85 products really well mm -hmm. is impossible without growing the team hugely um, and also having a huge amount of space to be able to, to contain that team. Um, so we did used to do the framing in-house um, 
and and then actually we got to a certain quantity and the qu the quality of the framing just wasn't up to the scratch that um and wasn't up to the standards that that I wanted mm -hmm. um and you know if things got broken in the post then it was you know, it was our fault because yeah. we hadn't wrapped them because we were in a rush because we had so many to do that day mm -hmm. and it was just the quality of the service just wasn't up to scratch so um found eframe and um and talked to them about the kind of service that they offer um and so during the quieter times of year they're there um and to fulfill our orders um but for me it's it's during the really busy times of year where they are so invaluable because you know we wouldn't be able to process 80 orders mm -hmm. um yeah. you know a week um if we did it in-house without having to buy the machinery and invest hugely in that side of it um and then get a, a professional in or a framing person in specifically to do that and actually then that person might then not have so much to do in the quieter times mm. of the year. So it's really having that fluctuation. Um, balance, yeah. Yeah, that balance. Um, if E-Frame's doing it, that for us and fulfilling it to the level of quality that we really need, which they are, um, it's it's something we wouldn't be able to fill it, fulfill it here now at all. Uh, it's great because from my perspective, I'm still quite new to E-Frame and I'm, I'm going in the warehouse and obviously Atlas and I was one of the, real standout pieces you see out there and um you know i, I knew nothing about uh, that kind of side of business that eframe did before i started so learning how uh, it kind of helps like a business like yours it's really cool to know and um you know when i started i thought it was just consumers who were buying frames but you know, there's this whole world away and it's great to hear that it's helping like mm. atlas and i and many others which is which is awesome it also gives us a lot more flexibility so if we made the frames in-house, we would have such a small range. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be able to offer as many sizes um, and, and we wouldn't be able to offer the quality. Um, so we've actually just developed our new range of box frame prints. And for that, obviously, I came to visit um, eFrame and, and we talked through all the different options and the different qualities and the different price points and how that would match with our prints. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've really got something that's amazing. If we did that in-house, I mean, we would we'd probably be months, <laughs> years behind. So, so what can we expect to, to see in the future? Have you got uh, any professional and personal plans that you can share with us at the minute? So for us, it's all about offering a product that hasn't been seen before. So we're constantly working on new products um, and new designs so to enlarge the range and offer more choice to our customers. Um, we're also always constantly developing the website so the user experience when they're placing an order if they purely just want to do it online it needs to be really really smooth from yeah. start to finish um we've also we're always adding to our map collection um so on the website you can see a choice of maps for the different areas and we want to offer a lot more choice to our customers especially for international locations we've got a great selection of uk maps um, at loads of different scales um but we struggle with finding really beautiful old maps of international cities that yeah. are out of copyright and that they're digital and available online um, so that we can then use them and get the copyright for them. So we're always looking for amazing maps of New York and Amsterdam. And it's super cool, yeah. Yeah, places <laughs> where people go on honeymoon because we do a lot of wedding gifts and mm -hmm. a lot of wedding, wedding mementos of honeymoons yeah. and honeymoon albums. Um, and so, yeah, especially sort of islands right in like the middle of the Pacific coast, trying to locate them on an antique map. is just, they're literally like <laughs> yeah. a blob in the sea. So yeah. we're really trying to kind of grow that range so that we can offer more and more choice to our customers. Oh, that would be really cool. I mean, fr from my perspective, like just to rediscover some of the, the more glamorous places I've been, and there's not many, um, <laughs> but I really liked uh, Menorca. 
uh, that'd be really cool to see like classic map of that I yeah. think that that'd be awesome the thing is on on a vintage map Everett looks beautiful even yeah. Milton Keynes even Milton Keynes yeah. <laughs> not to this Milton Keynes but yeah it's a shopping centre mainly it's the only reason I go to Milton Keynes yeah. uh, yeah. but uh, yeah vintage maps part of the beauty of them is that they were drawn they were hand drawn mm. back in the day they always use these amazing colours yeah. and the fonts and the typography on them are amazing so even if you've got you know um somewhere that you don't think looks beautiful you'll look at our map collection and say actually you know that looked really cool on occasion yeah. not as advertised when i visit yeah <laughs> it's great on this uh, old school map yeah. and then yeah get there like yeah slightly yeah. different <laughs> um and i guess just uh, like a final question uh, you're a successful business lady you've got this amazing brand i'm sure there's people either listening or just people in general who would be keen to get some advice on what they should do uh, to kind of follow in your footsteps. Um, there's people with ideas out there who maybe feel they're not ready to take the chance or they don't have the tools to create their business. What would be your kind of key pointers for someone who they've got an idea and they really want to go for it like you did with Atlas and I? I think um, part of uh, one of my strengths is being so inquisitive. Um, I think just asking so many questions and saying yes to anything anyone kind of invites you to, or if there's a talk you can go to, then like go. You might just take away one bit of information from it, but actually that bit of information might be something you apply to your business later on in life. When I was at sort of school and university, I did so much work experience. I worked for an accountancy firm. I worked for a product design firm. I worked for a furniture design firm, quite a lot of creative industries. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing someone's tax return, which I, <laughs> I which lost. I apply to my business every. Well, I did their VAT return, sorry, um, and I learned how to do that. And now that's something I do on a on a You're very you know, useful now, yeah. quarterly basis, <laughs> and and that saved saved me a lot of money. Um, you know, have, being able to do that myself. So learning um, is, is one thing that you will never stop doing as a business owner, um, and asking those questions so that you can learn, and just being so inquisitive and finding out about every single different type of business as well you know I'm not just finding out about other personalized businesses I'm finding out about you know being in this sort of environment sharing a studio with lots of other different makers as well I'm finding out about how lamps are made and how Mm -hmm. shoes are made and and actually you can sometimes apply that to your business in a different way um so I think that's so valuable and sharing that knowledge as well so that other people can grow is also really important so so what can we expect to to see in the future have you got uh, any professional and personal plans that you can share with us at the minute so for us, it's all about offering a product that hasn't been seen before. So we're constantly working on new products um, and new designs so to enlarge the range and offer more choice to our customers. Um, we're also always constantly developing the website. So the user experience when they're placing an order, if they purely just want to do it online, it needs to be really, really smooth from yeah. start to finish. Um, we've also, we're always adding to our map collection um, so on the website you can see a choice of maps for different areas and we want to offer a lot more choice to our customers especially for international locations we've got a great selection of UK maps um, at loads of different scales um, but we struggle with finding really beautiful old maps of international cities that yeah. are out of copyright and that they're digital and available online um, so that we can then use them and get the copyright for them so we're always looking for amazing maps of New York and Amsterdam and super cool, yeah. yeah places where people go on honeymoon because we do a lot of wedding gifts and mm-hmm. a lot of wedding wedding mementos of honeymoons yeah. and honeymoon albums um, and so yeah especially sort of islands right in like the middle of the Pacific coast 
trying to locate them on an antique map. It's just, they're literally like <laughs> yeah. a blob in the sea. So yeah. we're really trying to kind of grow that range so that we can offer more and more choice to our customers. Oh, that would be really cool. I mean, fr- from my perspective, like just to rediscover some of the, the more glamorous places I've been, and there's not many, um, mm-hmm. but I really liked uh, Menorca. Uh, that'd be really cool to see, like classic map of that. I yeah. think that would, that'd be awesome. The thing is, on, on a vintage map, Everett looks beautiful. Part of the beauty of them is that they were drawn, they were hand-drawn mm-hmm. back in the day. They always use these amazing colours, yep. and the fonts and the typography on them are amazing. So even if you've got, you know, um, somewhere that you don't think looks beautiful you'll look at our map collection and say actually you know what, that would look really cool in a yeah, kitchen amazing thank you so much for your time it's been really informative um, I, I did a bit of homework before coming here today but it's only when you, know, you arrive in the studio I get to meet you in person you get a real feel for the passion you bring to the product and yeah just keep up the good work I guess well, thanks for having me no problem thank you it's a wrap <laughs> <laughs> For more information, please visit us on www.eframe.co.uk. Let's frame it.